And so with us, it was, it was basically hitting mindset in each, each week, plus certain skills that the coaches can be ready for to implement their practices. Welcome back to another episode of Champion School. First Champion School of 2022. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, we've had a lot going on, but we are back. Uh, as you can see, Christmas gift was my Nevada jersey officially framed. I haven't been able to hang it up, but uh, go pack, you know, give them a shout hey, out. Go pack, shout out, come on. But uh, BZB, how are you, man? Doing good, man. Just hit a little hike. Happy New Year. Excited about this. A little 2022 action. Uh, a lot of good things happening here for the team. So super pumped that... Uh, that jacket's looking good there, man, with all those pops on it. Come on. Um, let me move this mic out of the way for you guys. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this, I guess we should just give a quick update because uh, I, I was going to do that in the good news of the week, but you have something even cooler, I would say. Uh, but for us, uh, we finally got our project launched. Project Sandlot is officially launched. Uh, we've already raised about $15,000 for youth camps, which is insane. So uh, we're going to be a slow, steady takeoff. And if any of you guys would like to contribute, uh, I know the cryptocurrency and all that is a little bit strange. So uh, reach out. We can help you out. But directly to projectsandlot.com or projectsandlotmint.com, we'll get you there. And you can you can mint and purchase to help us out as well. But uh, got to give a quick shout out to the there's 70 75 people that have already purchased uh just individuals and and they've really contributed and we're really excited to be able to bring some of those funds and work with people like tyson ross for example uh or you know jared parker just to be able to sit down and, and run some camps out in their their communities and it's gonna be great to to do some awesome stuff so that's where we're at quick update on that and uh yeah that's about it for us do you have anything <laughs> pertinent on the mlu side that people should know about no mlu side everything's good uh, I think for us, we got a couple of cool events coming up towards the end of January here and then just crushing some local stuff uh, with the local teams that we've been working with. So uh, the couple colleges and the couple high schools here locally, that'll be good in Arizona. And then uh, moving forward into the spring, really uh, the next step is getting our schedules lined up with camps and, and finding our, our typical February, March months, and then going into the summer, trying to figure out what we're going to do summer camp wise. So to kind of designing all of these in the next couple of weeks, getting organized on that end. But other than that, man, it's been good. We've been hitting some good growth, working with a lot of great teams. Very grateful for that. And uh, Zoom's been an awesome resource for us to plug in with some different people. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah, speaking of Zoom, this is an interview that we'd done a long time ago, and, and we're going to get to it here in a little bit later in the episode, but Ronnie Burnick is who's going to be joining us today. Uh, outstanding interview, Hot Corner Athletics. The guy runs an insane program uh, and does a really good job with the development on the individual level. So uh, stick around for that. But before we get there, let's dive into the good news of the week. Good right, news good. of the week. I'm, I'll take it out here, baby. Take I'll take, take I'll it, take it. the first part. I got three good pieces, right? Three Damn good man. pieces. So number one, we'll start with real. Well, they're all real news, but this one's real life. There was a, and some of us may have seen this. It happened a couple of days ago, but there was a, a pre-med student in the stands at a game. Let me double check the game. I think it said Canucks. Was it the Canucks? Uh, yep. Vancouver Canucks assistant. So there was a, a lady in the stands and she was a pre-med student and she noticed a cancerous mole on the neck of one of the staff trainers in on the Canucks. And so 
she said something. She's like banging on the window, passed him a piece of paper, and I believe saved his life. So wow. this was just all from sitting behind the glass and paying attention, keeping the eyes That's open wild. and being able to see it. So that was pretty impressive. That was an incredible story, man. What a what a good way to start the week. That was one really good piece of news in the world. So, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I'm speechless on that. Yeah, I mean, for... I mean, that man could have gone on the next year of his life, not knowing, you know, and it could have been mm -hmm. too late at that point. So shout out to that individual. And as mm -hmm. a pre-med student, like not even like a doctor or anything. So just keeping your eyes open. And if you see something, say something, you know, it's really important. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. So that was really cool news. Love that. Love people helping people. That's huge. Uh, number two, ABCA convention starts today, today, yeah. Thursday. So uh, uh, ABCA convention starts today. Ronnie, we're doing the podcast with him. So him and Dugout Coalition are going to be there. A lot of great people there getting tons of videos and pictures sent over and, and questions, where the heck are you? So uh, that was, it was fun to watch that. Good that they can get that off. And it looks massive. The stage is set. Great event there with ABCA. They do an awesome job helping coaches and athletes. And then the third, last but not least, Project Sandlot launch, baby. We are officially up and ready to go. I know Ray Mack can speak a little more on this with the, the process behind the scenes that nobody gets to see in the tireless uh, hours that he's been working on this project and uh, he's been trooping it out, but super proud of him for the work he's done for making this thing come true, creating all these awesome characters. We have our reveal is going to be out before this podcast is out, but Friday night, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, we're revealing on Twitter spaces. If you haven't been on Twitter or if you're not engaging much on Twitter, get into the spaces. We, we host a lot of spaces throughout the week. We're going to start having some different segments throughout the week as well that we'll sit down. I believe we're going to record our podcast through there as well uh, pretty soon. So great opportunity to learn, great opportunity to connect with people and just build a community. So projectsandlot.com if you want to go mint and go get your NFT. Let's go. Yeah, what a process, man. Uh, <laughs> if you can see the bags under my eyes, it's because I haven't gotten a lot of sleep over the last couple of days. But uh, yeah, we're officially off. we got to give a big shout out to Danny DeKroger, who really helped us out. We were in a bit of a pickle. Obviously, I'm uh, a little bit further along in my coaching career than I am in my coding career. So the, the coding <laughs> side of this thing was kind of difficult. Uh, I don't want to bore you with all the details, but long story short, we got a lot of help and, and the thing's up and running and we're good to go. So uh, again, like he said, if you want to support youth sports, especially underprivileged ones in the smaller areas, the best way to help us out would be to purchase one of those. So uh, anyways, a quick update too. Uh, I guess it's good news as we shift into this week's Zen, which is no longer going to be called this week's Zen. Mm. It's going to be Chew on This presented by Grinds. So that's backwards, I think, in your screen. But uh, yeah, man, uh, Grind's officially on board. Uh, we're going to be partnering with them uh, in some aspect and, and going to be able to hook some folks up uh, with discounts because you and I both have had unique stories where we passed on dipping and, and Grind's has helped us with that. So uh, if anybody you know, in that college range or coaching range that's wanting wants to quit, I think it's a great spot to start. Uh, but Chew on This is the new segment presented by Grind's. Let's get it. Hey. All right, chew on this. Uh, I, very relevant. I wanted to kick it off to you and ask your thoughts, but this is what I wanted to talk about today is staying the course. You know, like 
our perceptions of things sometimes are going into something, maybe even expectations for ourselves can be so astronomically high, right? Like for us, for example, like we're going, Oh, we got to sell this thing out like within the first two weeks. Or if we're not getting all the sales that we'd hoped, you know, we start stressing. And, and for me, particularly I have anxiety when that starts kicking in. So uh, maybe just hit on that and, and what it means to have expectations, relax, realistic expectations versus, you know, the dreams and wants, of course, which are totally okay to, to push for. Does that make sense? You want to hit on that? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like the Instagram versus reality. <laughs> if anybody ever sees it, it's like, here's what Instagram looks. It looks pretty. It looks beautiful. Everything's filtered. And then here's reality, the wind blowing in your face, the, the wave that knocks you off the boat and a lot of other things that start to happen. So uh, within the process too, it's been fun to watch this for, for project Sandlot wise and MLU wise starting MLU. There was a ton of those. My first expectation was, okay, we're going to get into every school in the nation and nobody's going to say no. Well, it was yeah. the complete opposite of what happened was we're not going to get in any school in the nation and everybody is going to say no, or I don't have a budget or I don't have this or that, whatever the question might be. So um, staying the course and just being able to remain consistent with your actions is very important. And then like what we've been talking about, Hey, let's just get one holder a day. Like, let's just keep building one holder a day. Sell one pop a day, keep growing the team. And that is going to continue to spread. So it starts to create a compound momentum that works in your favor. Uh, staying the course too, when you get into some ruts or you get into the mental grind of things, it, it becomes emotionally invested. So we put some much time and effort into these we sacrifice a lot of, of extracurricular stuff and trips and family and those things to make these these things happen right and to, to create a business that's hopefully sustainable for a long time to come and when it doesn't instantly hit you get a little discouraged because you're like well i think it's sweet and, and we're super prideful into it so um, if it doesn't hit right away that's okay there's another opportunity coming your way and uh, for us just remaining the course and re reminding ourselves what the true vision and mission of the project is and anything you're doing in life so um, very important to to take a, a real uh, introspective i guess introspective look would that be it i hope i'm right on that but I'm taking a look inside for, for all of us, right? And being able to just realize, hey, what is the things that we're proud of? What are the things that we're doing? And, and what is our true mission and vision at hand? Uh, and I really like that. So um, we've been tested with that too, for sure. <laughs> it is what it is, you know, I, and I, I've got to start reminding myself and I've done a better job over the last day or two that, hey, these are always longer games than you think, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I think Mike Tyson's trainer <clears throat> used to say, you always imagine your first time opponent as bigger, stronger, and faster than they they really are right because we just put this thing out there that like gosh this is a scary monster but game's not over man it's always a long long game and and you just stay the course like you said one percent better as jay talks about um every day and and you're going to wind up where you want to be if you start looking at the big picture versus the immediate wins and losses so yeah that's going to do it for us for that and we're going to shift into ronnie burnick burnick let's go yeah uh and who's going to be joining us and talking a lot about his uh his facility, his programs, uh, Hot Corner Athletic Dugout Coalition, everything he's been doing. He's impacted a lot of lives uh, just with himself. A quick note, we kind of just jumped into this one. So if it feels like, wow, he's just talking, he's, this is the very start of the interview. So bear with us. Okay. Ronnie Burnick. So, yeah, so I, I started in 2016, actually. Um, I mean, I had literally no money and it was more of just, I had a guy who I was trying to buy my build, my, like rent out my building at first. And he basically saw me coach 
and saw me coach my team that I was running at the time. And I never met him in my life. And he was like, yeah, I'll help you. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of the first, you know, your first opening. And, you know, and it, initially as an investor, he didn't really think that he was going to have to ever do anything else with me. Now, obviously I've, I've used them more than just that one time, but you know, I got really lucky. I was in the right, right spot at the right time. And I was doing my best to provide as much value to the athletes that I was coaching for my travel team. And I just happened to be in front of the right guy that was willing to, you know, take a flyer on me for opening my building. So when I opened my first facility, we had four cages and I was the only coach. So I had a lot of space and I was the only guy. Um, we started with like 30, 40 athletes. That was it. And within the first year we had 600 and I started, <laughs> yeah, it was wild wow. because I always, and this is, I think the reason why Byler and I kind of connected early was I, I've always done everything based on the value for kids and families, because I had coaches that did that for me. So when I'm going to give back to the game, it was all about providing as much value as I could to people. And that clicked really fast in our area because the majority of what our dynamic is, is we have facilities that only rent out space. And then we have travel teams that either have their own facility or they do their own thing. And with us, we were a bridge between that. So we are a baseball facility, but we don't have travel teams. We only do player development. So now I can literally be friends with everybody. I don't have any enemies because I'm not trying to fight to, to take kids. I'm not trying to argue with other facilities. I'm trying to get teams in, you know, we just train athletes. And so we developed the system. Um, initially it was by myself just doing baseball and, and softball specific training. Um, and we just worked with as many athletes as we could. So after the first year we had 600 kids and uh, I ended up having to go get more coaches. So I, I started hiring some people. I got my first pro guy. So I had a kid that was drafted in the sixth round by the twins out of high school. And after that, it just exploded. So it was like, we got up to over a thousand athletes. And then um, Sam, who's a partner in dugout coalition. He's also one of my partners here at hot corner. Uh, he came to me and said, Hey, why don't we do something for the body? Let's do some strength conditioning and some baseball specific sports performance stuff. And I was kind of skeptical. I was like, I can't do it in my location. It's going to have to be at a different place. And we have no athletes. Like we have nobody. And again, blew up within a year. We couldn't even stay in the place that we were at because we were hitting the, you know, baseball specific technique player development. And then we were also hitting the strength and conditioning, which was like, massive in our area because we were the first people to do both that was like in that niche of just baseball and softball specific um so during covid like i mean everybody was going crazy on what we were going to do dugout coalition got started you know we'll talk about that for a while um so dc gets started and we actually merged the facility so we brought the strength conditioning and the baseball in the same place i took out two of my cages i mean we did full renovation in my location and COVID year was actually by far not even close to our best year because we were allowed to be open. And so we were, we actually had like 50% occupancy and in, in, in our building that was pretty much full because the occupancy was higher than what we could actually handle with our space. So because the kids weren't in school, we were able to be open from like, like 13, 14 hours a day and just run kids all day long. And they wanted to get out of the house. So with baseball yep. school, we were doing and with our training, we ended up being an outlet for kids that they didn't have anywhere else to go. So our, our program grew from a thousand to 2000. Now I'm in a 4,000 square foot facility. I can't handle 2000 kids anymore. Right. So we ended up finding the location that we moved into last month. That's uh, 17,000 square feet. It's four times the size of what we were at. And we had 2000 athletes in last month as our first month. So <laughs> our, crazy, dude. 
And it's all about reach. Like everything for us is about how many athletes and coaches and people can we actually reach to grow the game. It has never been at any time about money. It's never been about how many athletes can we get to play professional baseball. It's always been about let's set some goals for each athlete. Where do you want to go? And then we're going to, we, you trust us and we're going to develop a plan that's going to get you there. And by doing that and actually reaching families and kids, I think that we've really made an impact in our area. And I think that's the reason why we're doing well is because we actually just genuinely care about people. Um, and then we also got it. We're starting to get into the mental performance stuff. So I've leaned a lot on Jake with BAMFAM on like kind of what their leadership Academy is that they do with their team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're starting to do like in-house, you know, mental performance stuff. So now we're hitting the mind, we're hitting the body and we're hitting the sport. So we are in that area now where we're full encompassing on, on hitting every piece of the game that can help. Cause you know, like you guys do a great job of this, but you run into athletes that, that have a really hard time handling failure. And so, you know, that's something that we work on a lot now and in, in conversations and meetings that we have and um, you know, doing some type of leadership ish type Academy with some of the athletes that we have here. So, you know, we're trying to be an all encompassing program but I think the reason why we do so well is because it's value. It's, it's what we, we really care about people, but we don't, I don't have to have any enemies, which is my favorite thing in the world. I don't, I don't have to fight with travel teams cause I want to work with you <laughs> and I don't have to fight with facilities cause I want to work with you too. So, you know, it's been, it's been a really fun ride for hot corner and we, we really blew up in the last year or so. Um, I've already gotten calls about facility two, three, and four. And I, I like, we're trying to leverage it cause I don't know what to do. I don't want to do it too fast, but you know, we got 2000 pretty happy people in Buffalo right now. And we're still trying to obviously grow that, but I think we want to get into the coaches and, and that's kind of where DC comes in. So, um, but yeah, hot corner has sure. been really fun up to this point. We've, we've got 19, 19 employees and, um, eight interns. We're hiring a ton of interns because kids want to learn more, you know, so we're giving Jeez. people opportunities to, to come in here and actually like learn about what we're trying to do. And it's, it's been really cool. It's been fun. The best part about it, Ronnie, is like you said earlier, the value that you get to bring and doing it for the value, not always the financial component, which usually comes after the value that you provide. And then like leaning on others too. I mean, you hire Sam, who Sam, for those of you who don't know, Sam's awesome to do kills. It crushes it all day. Um, obviously you got your brother involved, right? You got so many different people involved at, at just the Buffalo location. You guys are going to definitely spread, but meeting some of the kids through that baseball school that we did back during the COVID year, it was like April, 2020 for those of you who don't know, we did four weeks straight, five, five days a week of baseball school, an hour for coaches, an hour for athletes, back to back every day. And we were just, and it was just all free. Hey, come on in. And the first day we had like 280 kids. It was insane. And some were spamming and, you know, kind of not very good, but a lot of them stuck. And it was like 150 to 200 for the most part for the next four weeks. And just providing that outlet for kids to be able to have a good spot to be connected with others is really, really cool. Um, you mentioned that you want to dive more into the coaches, right? And I think for you, your philosophy is has grown over the years and you have a great philosophy. You do an awesome job developing athletes and getting them to the next level. You have multiple draft picks. Now you had a first rounder just recently, Joe Mack and, um, and I hope I didn't botch that Joe Mack, but Marlon is right. And um, you were there for the experience, dude. I got two questions for you now. This is crazy. Now, now I'm getting too many. Number one, walk us through the experience of seeing one of your players be drafted in the first round by any team, right? doesn't matter. And you're at that that event. And then number two, lead into dugout coalition and what you guys are trying to do with bam fam. And those guys are incredible people. Um, you guys are amazing. And what you're trying to do with dugout coalition for coaches. 
for sure. Uh, the whole Joe Mack situation was like euphoric. Like it's the only word I can come up with. I did it with his brother, Charlie. So Charlie was our first draft pick and he went to the twins mm-hmm. in, the round in 18, but Charlie was like a lot of area guys, a lot of cross checkers, some assistant GMs, but there's maybe some scouting directors, but it, with Charlie, it was like the first ride. Like you, you're learning a lot where with Joe, it was like, GMs, assistant GMs, scouting directors, and they're there every week. And we're talking about like, they're on me because they know how close I am to him. And they're not going to go to the parents, right? Because, because pro baseball is pro baseball. They know can't go to the parents. There's too much emotion. So they're coming to me and I'm talking like, I'm on the phone for hours, every single day, talking to somebody about where's Joe Mack? When's he hitting? Who's he playing tonight? Is the pitcher any good? You know, why is the swing doing this? How's his pop time? How's his body feeling? It's like, you know, they're all over me. I had to send them rap soda reports, his workout programs. I had to talk to strength coaches for every organization that was really interested in him. And that wasn't even leading up to the draft. You know, that was literally just like him playing 15 high school baseball games. And, and because they played late, everybody else was done. So Buffalo baseball started like May. Wow. Like really, really late. So I'm talking like every single scout was already done with all their other guys. It was literally Joe Mack. So as we get closer to the draft, we kind of have a few teams that we think are going to really be players. And, and realistically, the cool thing for me was I was able to listen to every conversation. I was in the agent meetings. Um, you know, I was there obviously with the family. I was very, I'm very close with the family. And then when we actually got out to the draft, it was like, Hey, here's the deal. You're going 16 to the end of the CBA. And that's pretty much where we see you. And I, this is all stuff I can say now, obviously, because it's done. But we didn't know where because we knew that there were about five or six teams that were really interested. And a few of them had early teen or late teen picks. And they also had like late first round picks. So we didn't know where he was going to fit in. What ended up working out were like we knew the Marlins were players. We knew the White Sox were players. And we knew everybody in the 20s were players. What came down to money and for people that don't know about the baseball bonusing is they can change the bonus for every pick, depending on what their pool is. So people, like Joe dropped to 31, and people say it was a drop, but he got more like signing bonus at 31 than he would have got anywhere in the 20s. That's mm. who picked him. So Miami ended up taking Cleo Watson at 16 because Cleo dropped out of the top five. And literally right away, it was like, all right, Joe, 30 or 30 of the Reds or 31 of the Marlins is kind of the way this is shaking out. And I started texting. We had a huge party at, at the old place for Joe. And I started texting everybody like, hey, Joe's going 30 of the Reds. And we're sitting there and you're in draft room. Like I'm talking like the most euphoric, like craziest experience in my life. I mean, I'm, I'm standing next to Neil Walker, Derek Lee. Like we got Nick Swisher was there. He's the coolest guy in the whole world. Like we're talking to all these guys, Curtis Granderson. And no joke, like we're sitting there and Joe gets a phone call and everybody just like looks over and tries to listen to what's going on. So we thought he was going 30th and literally it was last second. They picked this other high school kid because they got him for less money. And so we knew that he was going to go 31 to Marlins. And literally it was, it was weird how it works out. And I think this, like, this is part of the way my mind works. I think it, I think it was fate. And I kind of had an idea like leading into the day. I was like, I think he's going to be in Marlin. I ended up running into Derek Lee, who was the guy that was sitting with the Marlins and he doesn't know me from anybody. I ended up talking to him for like 10 to 15 minutes about Joe. And he kind of looked at me and was like, Oh, you're with Joe Mack. And I was like, yeah. He was like, Oh, I might be seeing you later. And I was like, interesting. 
you know, then he gets picked and I'm like, my gosh, like this is wild. Yeah. And you know, we did the, all, all the interview and we were in the green room. We took all the pictures and like, just really, really, really cool experience. And like, I might never go back to the draft ever again. I'm super thankful that the family invited me to go. And then we also went to Miami too. I was invited to go to Miami. Um, we spent time with Derek Jeter, uh, which was like, he's the most amazing person on planet earth. Like he's literally everything that you would think he is as a leader and a human being is what he is. He's the nicest guy I've ever met in my whole entire life. Um, you know, we, we met him, we met Kim Ng, you know, she obviously was there for the signing. Um, you know, he was on TV. We got to sit in the suites for two games in a row, all that kind of stuff. So the experience itself was really cool. But I, I think for me, it was a good learning experience to really understand like the business behind baseball. Um, you know, because you don't know that stuff until you're in it and it's, it's pretty cutthroat. Like it's the real deal. Like it's a full contract. Like it's a, it's the real deal. A lot of um, people don't get it. Right. It's like, well, you, you see it from the outside. It's like, you see all this stuff, but then you got the business behind it. I mean, you see it with the lockout. Now you see all the other stuff that, that pops in with it. It's like a whole nother breed, man. Like this undercover, I don't want to say scheme, but this undercover business <laughs> that just kind of goes by the wayside. Nobody really sees right. it. We got a big leaguer actually. He pitched, uh, he got brought up late in the year with the Mariners last year. Matt Brash, he's the organizational pitcher of the year for the Mariners this year. And, and he trains at our place. And I was just talking to him yesterday and he said like, right before the lockout happened, every coach was like blowing him up saying, listen, man, you need to start throwing. Like we need to get you ready for January. You're coming down to Arizona in January. Lockout happens. Nothing. He can't talk to anybody. Yeah. Nobody. Nobody's allowed. No one, like the, the coaches were instructed, like, don't, don't talk to anyone at, at all. If you get caught with the player, like if you run into a player at the grocery store, you have to go the other way. If you That's run into really? the players or if you run into the coach's wife, you have to walk away because if you run into him, you have to report it and say that you After had what? physical contact. I mean, think about oh. it. Like this is the, this is the MLB dude who's yeah. supposedly for all the kids and the players and this and that, but you are telling me that a coach can't speak to a player, even if they're friends. What? Yep. That's so he basically on. told me he was like, listen, man, like I because he was supposed to go to he's supposed to go to Arizona in January because he's I mean, he's on a 40 man now. Like he's big time, big league, the guy. Right. And mm -hmm. he said he's like, if I can't go to Arizona because of, you know, the lockout, he's not going to go home. He's a Canadian kid. He's not going to go home. He's going to stay here and train. And I was like, you're more than welcome, because, you know, if you're going to be in the big leagues, like yeah, he's probably gonna start in triple A, let's say. But like if you're going to be in the big leagues at some point next year, like, you got to be super ready. And if you can't go to Arizona for the team that you play on in the big leagues, like you were in the show the last week of the season and you can't go like, or, you know, we'll take care of you. It was just wild having that conversation and kind of really understanding, like I got it from both sides. I got the big league side of it yesterday talking to him and I got the draft side of it, you know, with Joe. So, you know, it was, it was a cool experience because now I understand kind of what mm -hmm. the business is like, but it's wild to think about, you know, you got all these kids and that are, they're chasing the dream you know, and I love it because they, they're chasing the game, but it really does go back to the whole idea that you have to hundred percent love it. 100% you have to love the game and you got to have fun because at some point, whether it's college or professional, it does, there's a job and a business behind it, unfortunately, and there's a grind to it too. And so you really do have to love the game and have a ton of fun in the game. And that's the one thing I see with these guys that really, really make it is they love everything about the process, the work, the grind, the lifting. They love everything about it. And so the business side of it is what they leave to agents and other people that are qualified to do that. But, you know, if you're trying to juggle the business side of it, plus the baseball, it can be really defeating, just like the game can, you know, because mm -hmm. you don't really have an idea of what's really going on. So, um, but the whole, like I said, the Joe Mack thing was cool. He signed the fifth highest signing bonus for a high school catcher of all time. Um, mm. 
you know, it, it, and, you know, the cool thing is they take care of school. Like he's, he's set, you know, they sign card deals, you know, like he's, he's pretty set and, it, and he earned it. You know, I, I would say mm-hmm. he's a seven day a week guy hits every single day, catches every day, lifts every day, works on his sprinting, takes care of his mobility. Mindset's awesome. You know, he's been able to handle failures. He's played on a high, high level circuit for a long time. So, you know, he's earned every single bit that he's gotten and, and we're super proud of him and it's been nice having him here. So um, that's incredible. That's incredible. Um, so, Ray, you got anything? Or dive into dive into DC, dude. Phil's in on DC, and then Ray, I'll kick it off to you. But dive in, dive into Dugout Coalition, what it's all about. What are you guys doing for coaches? What's like the mission you guys have kind of exploded over the last year, really, since the last time we spoke about it? And seeing where it's going and seeing just the, the people behind it is what makes everything the best, I, I believe. So if you have good people doing it for the right reasons, and you guys take so much time and put so much time into it and effort, uh, and I know it from the inside, but just filling right. the people from the outside that have no clue what we're talking about right now. What is it about? What are you guys doing? Yeah. So initially, like uh, after the like once we really got established, it, it was the base black damage Midwest and the hot corner crew that was kind of getting it started. So it was me, Sam and, and my brother, Nicholas, and then Jake and Adam with Bam Fam. Um, and so just so people that don't know, Bam is a massive travel organization in Indiana. They do a great job. They're big into mindset training and they're big into skill training and they do a really good job of that stuff. So the, the mergers has been pretty good. Um, the biggest thing with us is we're trying to raise the bar for coaches development. And I think like for us, when we're like, again, when we're thinking about value, right. I, I can't work with 2000 people and Jake and Adam can't work with 2000 people and Nichols can't work with 2000 people. Same with Sam. So when you develop coaches or, or that's the mission is you're trying to help develop coaches and, and get their knowledge and IQ of the game up what ends up happening is now you're reaching hundreds of thousands of kids. And that that's the ultimate goal. You know, the value of the game and growing the game is the biggest thing. And so what we thought was how can we actually grow the game from the coaches? You know, we can obviously help in that and do a good job in that, but how can we develop the coaches that can develop the athletes? And so we developed a, a baseball specific certification last year um, with a player development portal on top of that. And the, the coach certification is an eight week course that goes through mindset training, skill development, how to practice plan, um, a 12 month throwing outline. We really outline everything, like some general basic stuff on drill work, but we teach coaches basically how a practice structure should look, you know, um, how should you guys warm your athletes up? That's a big part of it. You know, how do you structure the things that are really important for you throughout the course of practice? And it's kind of like meetings where you set times to do and talk about certain things. It's the same thing in practice. You want to set times to work on things that you guys need to get better at. And so I think the biggest thing for us was kind of helping them structure that. So the coaches certification, again, it's an eight week course. Every week we hit mental training, which is a massive piece that I think is being left behind a lot of times is we go a lot into skill training and a lot into technique and strength. And we forget about the mind, which is the majority of the game is going to be based on your mind anyway. That's the number one piece. So in our coaches training, we're the six tool training system where we hit all the five tools plus mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with us, it was, it was basically hitting mindset in each, each week plus certain skills that the coaches can be ready for to implement in their practices. And then the cool thing is this year, we actually brought on a, a softball coach who developed a full softball certification that's designed strictly for softball. So that's where we go into, it's a different game. So we go into slapping and we go into defensive schemes and bunt plays and, you know, the different types of stuff that need to go into a, a softball course. And those two are done. And, and our plan from here is to basically take each five of us, um, separate into regions and really do a good job of, of helping coaches that want to learn, which a lot of coaches do if they're taking the course because they want to learn from us, you know, so they're not, they're taking the course, but then 
we just let them go, then they're kind of on their own. And I think for us, we're trying to separate into regions so that each of us can take a certain part of the country that we can help the coaches. For example, if I take the Southwest, I'm going to hit everything down where you guys are at. Um, and my goal would be to basically manage that area of the country to help those coaches from little leagues to travel organizations, to high-end travel organizations, to Babe Ruth's, to, you know, your A, B and C travel teams. And we're really trying to put together something for everybody. Um, right now we have one cert. It's done really well. It started with just our two organizations and it's obviously expanding off now. Um, we're going to be at the ABCA. So I'm really excited to see you guys there. Yes. Um, but our goal is to basically just help coaches and give them a framework and a guide on, you know, these, these parent coaches that are volunteering all their time in the whole world. And unfortunately they're hearing so many negatives about not knowing anything and why are you even doing it? You know? And, and so we just want to help them, you know, cause you got all these dads and moms that are volunteering a ton of time to help these kids. So why, let's guide them and give them the right tools to be able to actually help develop kids until they're ready for somebody like Hawk Warner you know, where we can actually take them and develop them to what the next level is. But if we can give every kid a good framework, you know, from the coaching staff, you know, then we're really going to, we're really going to give value to a lot of people. So good. You, you guys are working with, I mean, it's primarily high school age, obviously, or in that window. And we have a ton of travel ball and high school coaches that listen to the podcast, obviously. So what are some tips that you would say maybe for somebody starting up or even really just development for their team that's going to help them take their program to the next level? Yeah, I, I still think high school is about foundation. You know, like the kids are not physically developed yet. I mean, we have freshmen that are strong, but they're still developing as people. I mean, think about it. When you guys played or coach in college, you're still developing strength in your athletes in college. So I think the one thing that happens in high school is we're going away from fundamentals because we're pushing the showcase deal so much, right? And we're pushing kids to commit as freshmen and we're pushing kids to commit as sophomores. And so what's happening is they're losing fundamental baseball. They're losing baseball IQ. They're losing proper ground ball mechanics. They're losing, you know, just the general sequencing part of swings that should be a foundation for every single level of baseball. I mean, I work with our pro guys on sequencing still, you know, and, and I think that if we as, as high school even middle school, because there's middle school, like school baseball now, like if we start hitting them in like seventh grade, you know, I, I say up until sixth grade, I don't even know if you're going to like the game, have fun, you know, find ways to stay engaged in the game, find the love for it, play wiffle ball, play kickball, you know, bat opposite side of the plate sometimes and have a good time. And that's going to keep you in the game a long time, you know, because when you enjoy that side of it, you know, you're going to, you're going to play for a long time. And then once you hit seventh, eighth grade, Let's really dive into the fundamentals and let's start to actually sit you down, make sure we know exactly where you're deficient. So we assess every athlete, every single athlete that's 13 years old or older, we assess to make sure that we can go to the families and say, Hey, this is where you're deficient. And, and we know that based on our assessment. And this is the program that we highly recommend based on what your athlete can do right now. And we're going to reassess them every three months. And we're going to make sure that we put programs together for them to continue to develop but I, but everything for us is based on foundational stuff. And that's why for me, it's not groundbreaking because I'm just doing what the game's been doing for the last hundred years, but we're really focusing on development, like really, really focusing on foundational stuff. So, you know, from a hitting perspective, if a kid, like he might have the worst bad path in the world, but if his lower half isn't working the right way, I'm not even going to touch a bad path because we know that baseball's through the ground. And if we don't chat, if we don't get the ground right first, everything else up the chain is going to be out of whack anyway, you know, and I'll, I'll tell the families that like, listen, I know you're, I know your athletes 
upper body's not working the way that we want. His contact probably isn't what he wants. Ball flight's probably not what he wants it to be. But because the lower half isn't working the way that we need it to, I'm not going to worry about it right now. I've got six months of training. And I'm going to use that six months to make sure that I hit everything. But this is the process that we're going to take. And I think that's a big thing for high schools too. Like we want to win. I get it. But when you have a foundation, like a good fundamental foundation, you'll win a lot of baseball games. It goes the foundation of mindset, like very, very simply make sure you have athletes that have a vision and make sure they're working on that vision make sure they have some goals, make sure they're meditating or doing some breathing exercises and getting themselves back to center. Because if the foundation of your mind isn't in a good place, you're probably not going to perform right from a physical standpoint. You don't need to be the strongest guy, but your body needs to work. So you need to be able to move. You need to be able to actually do the explosive movements that baseball requires. So yeah, you need to lift. If you're not trying to go to the big leagues, then lift enough to be an athlete that's going to contribute to your team. You know, if I need you to be a guy that's going to hit the ball hard enough to score a run, it might be weight room stuff, right? So I'm not saying that you need to be a bodybuilder, but you definitely need to work on your body to make sure that you're productive for the team that you're playing on. And then from a skill perspective, um, I think that's what our coaches do a great job of is that they're really, really good at making sure that we slow, we basically slow-mo the foundation. You know, I will not rush a guy out of foundational work. And, and that's, that's development. Development is basically taking the core of the mind, the body, and the skill and making sure that that's our focus. And then once a kid has the foundations, they're going to be a stud because then we can go off into, you know, all the crazy stuff that the big time schools are doing and pro organizations are doing. But like I said, I'm not going to rush a kid, even if he's a junior, if he doesn't have the right foundation, then you know, I'm not going to rush him out of that just so he gets recruited, you know, because at the end of the day, I want to have a relationship with all these colleges. I'm not going to send a kid who's not ready. It's not a good situation for me, the athlete or the coach. Right. Yeah. So we got to make sure that it's a good fit for everybody. So foundation is number one, fundamental foundation so good good I'll, I'll hit that and send it over it's just like it's so important if you're starting a business or you you want to train an athlete either way is to have your uh training methods set up right a to z so that when you are doing it it's piece by piece because there's so many times and i've done it as a coach too where it's like like you said hey let's move on to bat path everybody isn't ready for bat path except for like this group. So let's go. Well, that group is going to be stuck on lower half or not get past that lower half stage. And you're going to have to fix everything later anyway. So take your time at the steps and even in business, make sure you know how the business is going to work A to Z and we'll start at the foundation. Cause if you have to backtrack, like you're screwed basically. Your wheels. Yeah. And, and yeah. with an athlete, like, and I always say this, like as a coach, my job is to develop you. That's my, that's my role. That's my role in this whole piece. I'm only a piece of the puzzle, but my role is to help with development. And if I don't do the development stuff the right way, I'm setting you up as an athlete for failure. So I can give you the framework on what's going to work for you. And then obviously it's your job as the athlete to do the work. Yep. You know, like if, if you tell me that you want to be a draft pick and I see you once a week, probably not going to be a draft pick. Sorry. You know, but, but your goals and your actions have to line up with that. And that kind of goes into our core values. Like we have, we call them the diamonds of success at hot corner. And this is kind of our foundation as a business. And we go, leadership's number one. So you got to be a good person, um, you know, and you got to make sure that you're leading by example. So we want you to lead as a good person and you want to be elite in everything you do in your life. You want to be elite in school. You want to be an elite person. You want to be an elite family member, uh, an elite athlete, you know, just all around. We want you to be elite. And that leads into the second point, which is character. And character rides on how you act, right? And so I think those two things will hit the mindset stuff. So leadership and character, I think, are big because you have to consciously focus on the way that you're acting all the time. And I think that drives in the mindset stuff. So that'll get you to think about kind of what you're doing. 
um, hard work. You know, it's very simple. Every big leaguer I talk, I've, I've heard from, um, every high level business guy is just keep working through the grind. Just keep working. You know what I mean? And you're going to go up, you're going to go down, but if you just keep grinding through it, you're going to get there. And then culture, our big thing at hot corner is that we drive a great culture. So those are the four staples to how we run our, our organization. And if the athletes can do those four things, they don't think this because they always think it's about how many swings they take or how much they lift. But if they can handle those four foundations of continuing to push, so work hard, create a good culture. So be a good person that's around everybody else. You want to be an energy, you want to bring good energy. You don't want to suck energy out of people, right? So when you're here, like the one thing I'll always say is a kid can be the strongest guy in the world, but if you're not bringing good energy that day, what do you want me to do? I can't do anything because the 10 people that are around you that are looking up to you are now going to think it's okay to come in here with bad energy, you know, and we want to be an outlet for people, you know, so a lot of kids have a lot of stuff going on in their lives and COVID definitely hurt that, you know, so what we always tell people is bring a good culture here, because if this is an outlet for 2000 kids, this needs to be a good outlet. I don't want kids to have stress at home or stress in school and then come to hot corner and have even more stress, you know, so we hit those four staples and that goes into the foundations of everything else that we do. And honestly, I would say that the majority of the athletes that are committing to play in college are the guys, it doesn't matter what level of college and girls, but those are the athletes that carry out those, the diamonds of success the best, mm. you know? And so now when we go to talk to a college, I can say, these are our core, four core values. This athlete that you're about to get represents all four of those. And I've watched it for the last five years. Mm. And so that's kind of like, and that's what the, with the schools, like I think with high school and travel baseball, just develop a framework on how you want that to run and just run and run with it. Like for us, like we didn't know that these four were going to be our staples. We thought that that's what we wanted and we're seeing it blow up, which is awesome. You know, but if one of them was a, a, a bad link, just take it out and remove it and put a new one in, Yeah. you know, but those four for us have really worked and it hits the kids, um, you know, and then we actually track it. So, you know, I know you guys have the blueprint for success, um, you know, through MLU we have a, an athlete notebook and every single daily sheet that the athletes do, they have to write in some type of mental training, what their warm up was. So their strength stuff, and then what their skill development was. And on the back sheet, they also have, um, you know, the, the self-reflection for the day, positive, negative, and any type of constructive work to move forward. And what I tell them is you have to write something positive every single day, no matter what you could have swung and missed 1000 times in a row. I know you learned something when you were here that needs to be positive. So, you know, you can say, well, I swung and missed too much and my eyes weren't working and I couldn't see the ball that well. That's fine. But I need something positive. You can obviously do something constructive and then how you're going to actually attack that plan moving forward. So, you know, we, we track everything. And I, and I think for us, creating foundations and being able to track that is holding a lot of the athletes accountable. And I think it's an easy thing that's, that teams can do, even if the coach might not have the highest baseball knowledge, you know, they can still run it as if they had a business you know, and have some foundations and, you know, the framework that they want to run. It's really good. I love the foundation piece. And it's like the new England Patriots. I think we even spoke about it yesterday and how they, they just keep showing up and getting the job done. Like, you know what you're going to get out of the Patriots. You're going to get somebody who's disciplined, a team who doesn't make stupid mistakes. They're going to do things the right way. They're going to be patient too with the ball in bad weather, whatever it is. And they take care of the ball. And it's like those little things, like they're not the most talented team in the NFL right now. There's plenty of teams that have way more talent. Josh Allen's a freaking stud, right? But for the Patriots, they do those little things the right way. And, and it shows out there on the field, the fact that they're still winning 
now is like in unreal. And I think they might even be better than they've been in a while. Like it's crazy to watch. So just seeing people lay the foundation, Ray, you said it best too, with the business piece, like having a good foundation, building it up conversation this morning, good community behind whatever it is that you're doing and you keep building it up. And that's why you guys have been so successful at hot corner and why dugout coalitions going to continue to skyrocket because it's just getting started. Right. And we want to be a part of it and help you guys get the word out West too, for sure. On that end. Um, one more question before we wrap up and I'll kick it to Ray for the, uh, the on it or off it game. Um, right. This is a, a question that comes up a lot and I'm sure you get it in your town. So we go to a bunch of small towns, as you know, and we run clinics and do a lot of stuff for the youth and some of the stuff there, common questions are limiting beliefs as far as I'm in a small town. I can't be seen. Um, I'm too small. I'm not big enough. I don't throw hard enough. I don't run fast enough. I don't hit the ball far enough. I don't pick it good enough. I'm not an the, the case of the twos, right? Too short, too small, too tall, too, whatever. Um, What's your best advice? Because you've seen it firsthand there in Buffalo and you're doing an amazing job of it. But what's your best, and you experienced it yourself, right? You experienced yourself in your own background of playing. What's your best advice to an athlete if you had somebody come into you and they had any of the case of the twos or any of the limiting beliefs that I know you guys hammer home with Dugout Coalition? What's your best piece of advice for those kids? Yeah, that goes back to my love piece and my fun piece. If you enjoy it, it doesn't matter. All those external factors just don't matter. I'm five foot nine. I started a shortstop at a D1 school that was ranked for three years. I'm five nine. I'm like in the Altuve, I'm like in the Altuve conversation, man. You know, like it does. And there was a kid that went to Manhattan College. I was drafted. He was five foot six. Mm-hmm. You know, like it size. All those, all those are just excuses into Ooh. basically using baseball as just a way to continue to have fun. Because I think, like I said, we're pushing so many athletes to like make the get the Division One scholarship. And, you know, that goes back to love and fun. Your size doesn't matter. Jose Altuve, say what you want about the whole, you know, what they did. That dude loves baseball. Absolutely enjoys the game. And you can see it. So he's five foot six, five foot five, whatever you want to call it. He loves the game. So it didn't, the size never mattered. You know what I mean? I read the Mariano, Mariano Rivera book. I mean, like that book is unbelievable. Like the guy would go out and he would literally for them to eat, he would have to go and fish and, and get food for the day. And then would like throw a couple baseballs and then like went to a tryout and just could like threw the baseball wherever he wanted. Now he's the best closer of all time. And it's like, we, as people don't realize we, we make excuses a lot because, you know, we don't see what everybody else is, is seeing around the world. Like what Rivera had to go through everybody in the DR Cuba, the kids in Cameroon, my gosh, that guy sends me videos all the time. What they're doing is amazing we don't realize that we actually have it a lot better than a lot of people. We can get over being five foot nine. We can get over being 120 pounds. Those we actually have resources here that can help us change those things, but it it does. It goes into the mindset of how much do you actually enjoy this game? How much fun are you having and how hard are you willing to work to chase whatever your dream is mentally, Mm. you know, because all those physical things can change. You know, if you're five foot nine, maybe you do have to be a little bit stronger. If you're six foot four, you might not have to lift nearly as much. You got leverage, you know, you can still lift and probably be in the big leagues. But, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're setting excuses, probably just don't love it as much as you say you do, you know, realistically is what I always say, you know, and that's, that goes into self-reflection and self-awareness too. Right. Like the draft never happened for me. And like, I, I talked to some people and, you know, it is what it is, but I love this game so much that I decided to make a career out of it. You know, I try to explain that to a lot of our kids that just because somebody told me no when I was 22 years old 
didn't mean that I quit. I'm still chasing my dream of being the best baseball coach in the entire world, you know, and somebody might tell me no again someday, but that's not going to stop me because I love baseball, you know, and I love the connections that I have and the kids that I'm able to connect with and the coaches I'm able to talk to, you know, and I think that when we get the case of the twos and we deal with it a lot here, like kids always say to us, we can only play three months out of the year. That's not true. You can play more than that. You can play an indoor game just because you're not on a field. doesn't mean you can't hit off of a pitcher live and create a game situation in here. doesn't mean that you can't, you know, if you have the means to do it, fly somewhere and play a tournament down South, you know, it doesn't mean that you can't play wiffle ball inside and simulate being in the world series. That's all mental, you know, and that's why I think it's why I love what you guys are doing because it's 100% about mindset and if you have the case of the twos, you're creating a negative mindset that's going to probably force you out of the game at some point. So you know, good. we talk about a lot. And I, that's why, like I said, that's why I love what you guys are doing because you're changing the mindset of people to really think about like, what do you want? You know, don't, don't give, don't give me all these externals, like the externals, I'm five foot nine. Okay. I can show you probably over a hundred people, 200 people, 300 people in pro baseball that are over five foot nine. There's a kid in the roll five draft yesterday. I went from the A's to, uh, somewhere else that was five foot six, five foot six, yep. you know, there, you know, so, so I think all of that is just a lack of love at the end of the day. Yeah. I love the no excuse zone too. Um, we're coming out with a shirt. This is early, early access here, but it's going to come out and it's going to say suffocate your excuses on the back yeah. down the back, because it's like, dude, just put a pillow over and get rid of it. Like, like no more excuse. zone, no excuses here. Like keep moving forward, keep working hard. And if you really care about it, you're going to, Follow your dreams. I'm getting better at that one too, right there. You know what? Um, I was going to say something too because I was looking at that. And follow your dreams is the greatest thing in the whole world because you know how many barriers you're going to run into. How many barriers do you guys run into on a daily basis on what you guys are trying yeah, to do? all the time? Oh yeah. Same thing for me. It's the same thing with a guy trying to chase the big leagues. Like, let's go back to the Joe Mack thing. You think he went down to rookie ball as a first round draft pick and batted 400? Go look at his stats. <laughs> yeah, like, like seven hits in the whole summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It doesn't take away the fact that he's still going to chase the dream and be a big leaguer in three years. Yeah, You know, he's following his dream. So he's going to take the good and the bad with it. It's the same thing. If you're not gifted being six foot four, you want to follow that dream. You're going to figure out a way 100%. If I I would have given up roadblocks early on, I would have been done at like 11 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I know. When you're like like 12 and you're playing little league and they're throwing like 80 miles an hour from 46 feet. And you're like, I can't even see yeah, it's over. <laughs> like, I <knew> it. <laughs> My career's over. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm never going to make it anywhere. And the bat next year goes to being like the size of the telephone pole outside. So I can't hit anymore, yep. you know? Yeah. But, uh, well, hey, let's jump into this game. Um, we call it on or off it. Uh, we're going to go through a list of 10 things. You're going to tell us on each one you're on it, you're for it, or you're off it, you're against it. Uh, and like a one sentence as to why. Okay. This is, by the way, same list Tyler Zuber got yesterday. So we're going to comp you and Tyler Zuber. Big uh, league arm. So let's go. Let's go. All right. Good luck, Tyler. <laughs> I love it. Uh, number, number one, golfing. On it. Why? I love golf. It's relaxed. Very nice. It's a mind game, and I'm really bad at it. So, like, yeah. I love it. So relaxed. For guys that teach the mindset, we're both, we both crumble sometimes. Yeah, that, that's the ultimate mental game. <laughs> For people that know me, I'm like a real stall for the country. I'm pretty bad. But I absolutely love the sport. I think it's great. I love to get on a golf cart and ride around with some buddies and talk and have a good time. Like, I think it's great. There you go. Uh, number two, black coffee. 
Oh, 100% on it. Nice. Like four, Cheers. five, six copies a day, Black Friday. I got to carry everything. I got to on it. 100%. Uh, uh, now I'm, I don't feel as bad about myself because I was. I asked the question yesterday. I was like, do I drink too much coffee? Is that a thing? And my grandma was like, oh, two to three cups is okay. <laughs> I'll listen to grandma. You can do it the weather. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's cold here, so like, I kind of need the coffee deal to get through. But like, I don't know how you get through one. I actually, I actually respect that a lot more. <laughs> uh, NASCAR. On it. I drive. I, I, see, I drive a little too fast. <laughs> but, like, I kind of respect the NASCAR guys because like, I don't know how they stay in control of 200 miles an hour. I have no idea. No clue. But I, I think it's cool. You know, I will say that it's a little boring to watch, but I respect how talented they are. I'm on that. Uh, Monopoly. On it. What business guy? 100%. <laughs> it's tycoon. <laughs> Trying to build assets, baby. <laughs> That's right. Uh, candy canes. Ooh. On it. Seasonal. Seasonal. <laughs> time to time. This month is okay. Yeah, if you say it this month, we're good. I want to say if it was like May, I'm completely off candy canes. I'm not even <laughs> uh, Super Mario. On, on it. It was literally how we got through college. Yeah. Four Mario Kart. Dude. Super Mario, the best. What's your best game on N64? Yeah, Mario Kart. Yeah? Yeah, oh yeah. Would you run the table? Would I run the table? Yeah. Taking anybody. That's awesome. You two would be a really good matchup. Ray Mac is it. very good at Birio Kart. I've grinded. <laughs> I've grinded in my day. Dude, you're like a secret, I feel like you're like a secret assassin. Like, I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm the best. And you're like, yeah. I'm like, it now, yeah. You're confident people. You just don't need to spray it. it, 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 it. Uh, gas grills. Off it. Charcoal gas. Oh, yeah. Better food. <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel that. Tyler was not on that. Tyler is a gas grill guy. He was, he, the, the accessibility of gas grills was... Oh, I, res- I can respect that. I will say this, though. We don't really get to go outside and, like, have a lot of barbecues during the year. So, like... Yeah. If I'm gonna have a barbecue, I want it to be a nice, good charcoal barbecue. Not a foreman inside, George Foreman. You <laughs> do that too often. That's probably why I'm off. There you go. Uh, Settlers of Catan. Have you ever played that game? No. Board game? Oh, then just throw, throw out the offense. He didn't know about it either. Three uh, one changeups. On it. So much confidence in your pitching. Yeah. <laughs> and like, dude, I'm sitting, I'm sitting dead red. I'm feeling like fastball. I'm getting loose. You know? Oh, yeah. Three one change up. I'm going to look foolish. So, who's the, like who's the best through. athlete in your org that's been able to do that? That you can oh, think of? Matt Brash. Matt Brash. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. And John DeMarte pitching the Olympics with Team Israel last year. Those two guys, very good change ups. I will say this foundationally, we're going back to the foundation. Fastball change up. Get you the show. Right. Those two guys, I would say, well, Brash's slider is a big pitch, but fastball changeup is what made them really, really good. So. Very good. Uh, last one. Opening presents on Christmas Eve. On it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will say this. I'm a super faithful guy. So, you know, we're te- I have two kids, and te- we're teaching our kids that obviously the season is what it is because of, you know, the reasons of the season. But it's still super, super, super fun to uh, open up some gifts. I think I'm getting some ski gear this year. So let's go, ooh, baby. There you go. You ski or snowboard? Ski, 100%. I tried snowboarding one time, thought I broke every bone in my body. Once <laughs> <laughs> I 
a lot better than this. Right here, too. If Byler could go fast enough, he would, he would have broken every bone, too. All right, this snowboarding is um, hard. Like, respect to snowboarding. It's hard. The fact that they can go up these pipes and do these tricks yeah, and wild. do spin in the air, like, I'm trying to just go straight. I'm, like, wavering, then the snow takes me over here, then I, like, spin around and toof face down <laughs> and I, no, I i will go skiing we, we I mean, obviously like we said we have a lot of snow so we can go skiing a lot but i just got into it the last few years i think it's like a good outlet for me so you know, i'll go out and, and get out there it's just cold like <laughs> you got to get real cold that's no joke yeah some ice well ronnie man we 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 appreciate you coming on here, man. All the stuff you're doing between Hot Corner, between your foundation, between Dugout Coalition, unbelievable. It's been fun to watch over the years, too, and to see you guys grow as a, as a company, as a program, and obviously yourself, too, and what you've been doing and able to do. And the athletes, man, coming in, getting to know a few of those athletes, they absolutely love it, and, and they know how good they have it there. So we appreciate you, man, everything that you're doing. Um, before we wrap up here, where can people find you and Dugout Coalition and some of uh, the stuff that you got going on here? Yeah, so Hot Corner Athletics on all social platforms. You know, Twitter's Hot Corner underscore, uh, but Hot Corner Athletics on Instagram. Um, and then for Dugout Coalition, it's just Dugout Coalition on all social platforms as well. Um, you know, Hot Corner and Dugout Coalition both do a really good job of putting some learning content online. So I think that's it. Your coaches that want some free, good learning content, some of the stuff that we're doing on a day-to-day basis, those are the places to go. Instagram is probably our best. Um, you know, that's, that's probably the best place to go. But I'm trying to get my Twitter game up. I know for this whole NFT deal, the project Sandlot, I got to be on top of my game. So right. oh, notifications on, baby. I'm <laughs> on my game, Project Sandlot. So honestly, for you guys, though, Major League University and Project Sandlot, I love what you guys are doing. I really appreciate you having me on here. So thanks so much for everything you do. We'll get together with a lot more stuff. And I know that you got a little project in Wyoming coming up. So I might have to call you in a little while and ask a little bit about that. So I'm super pumped yes, for you sir. guys. You're doing great. So thank you so much for having me. Fired we up. appreciate Thank it you so much, Ronnie. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. All right, we're back. What did you think about? First of all, Ronnie's a great dude, Hall of Famer. Uh, the guy has such a good outlook on developing students and athletes. Uh, but what did you think about the interview? Oh, Ronnie's amazing, man. He's been a big inspiration uh, and motivation to us and just the things he's doing for athletes out there in Buffalo, as well as now across the country with Dugout Coalition and the stuff that he's created. I've never seen somebody take so much time and delicacy within his projects. I mean, every single thing is dialed to the T. Uh, There's no secret to the sauce. I mean, you can see the the success that he's had there at his facility and how many people he's gotten in there and how they've grown, right? The the new size of the new facility and um, just some of the things that he's doing out there in the Northeast has been awesome. And especially during COVID, I think that was a big one where a lot of people were struggling and he provided an opportunity for people, especially in New York, to get inside, to be around each other. And then the virtual aspect as well through our baseball school that we were doing. So it's been fun to watch Ronnie's journey. He's an awesome dude. A big fan of Griffey, right? His son's name, Griffey. So um, just love the guy, man. And he's doing some great things and, and making a big impact in this world. Yeah, he said one thing that I really liked uh, where he was talking about, you know, if I turned myself down in baseball, the minute somebody looked at me and said I was 5'9 and I wasn't going to make it, like, that's uh, that's not success, right? Success to me, even though someone told me at 22 that I couldn't play anymore, is now I'm focused on being the best coach in the world at what I do, right? So constant development, even if the end goal changes, right? It's gonna constantly adapt like 90% or that's probably too high. I would say 60% of all college students change their major once they get into college. So like you've adapted there, you're gonna be able to adapt later in life, no matter what hits you. You just gotta stay the course like we just mentioned in this week's 
knots in. Bam, grind. <laughs> Chew on this. Chew on this. Anyways, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Happy New Year for all of you that have been listening. We can't thank you all uh, enough for supporting us, especially those 75 folks that have already jumped in and and purchased pods and helped us out on that. And again, $15,000 already that's going to be going towards youth camps in those underprivileged areas. So again, thank you so much. And we hope you guys all have a blessed week.